everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Curious Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Plotsky, and here with us is our co-host. It's the co-host. Oh, my God. Wow. Trevor Mitchell Wyatt. There we go. I you got there. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. As long as I don't call you Brandon. <laughs> um, you know, nothing, nothing really huge happened in baseball. You know, some... Some players were re-signed, Rule 5 draft picks, re- and baseball was uh, delayed until further notice because of the coronavirus. Uh, um, you know, nothing crazy, nothing nothing super crazy. Uh, yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, uh, well, so, okay, original plan was two weeks. Obviously, that was dumb. Um, it, that wasn't going to It's probably going to be until at least late May early june they said that's at the the, yeah at the earliest in front of empty stadiums but they said it's most likely looking like uh july now which which now that's not only that doesn't bring implications for just this season that's also the next like couple of seasons because then like what do they do do they do two five inning double headers do they do like do they just play a shortened season and go on with the regular scheduled playoffs do they do like a bracket type thing like do they have the regular schedule played out and then the World Series is at Christmas? No, there's no way. <laughs> there's there. Well, even then, I think it would it would go into like January at that point. It would it would be the the beginning of the World Series would be around Christmas. Yeah. Um, and if they played seven games, it would definitely get into January. Um, I would be excited to see who uh, the Mister December and Mister Januarys were. <laughs> obviously reggie with mr october and and jeter was yeah. mr november i but... would i would definitely love to go to like a professional playoff baseball game on christmas i think that would be absolutely sick it, and nobody will be there everybody, well either nobody will be there or everybody will be there i think by um, that well i think by that point i mean okay so they said that there won't be a vaccine for like a year year and a half which is far out, but it'll probably have run its course before then. So I'm, I don't, I don't know the implications because like two weeks ago it would have been freaking insane to think, oh yeah, like all major sports, March Madness, uh, restaurants are closing, bars are closing, schools like that would have all been crazy like two weeks ago. So like who knows? We will probably be. I mean, we're projected to be essentially Italy in the next month. And it's, I mean, we're huge. Yeah. We're massive. I think all but one of our states has a confirmed coronavirus case now. Shout out to West Virginia. Um, Was it, I thought Alaska didn't have one, did it? Alaska's barely an American state. Don't quote me on that. Anybody (laughs) listening from Alaska, I love you guys. Um, Um, I always wanted to go to Anchorage. It's beautiful. And, There's uh, summer league. I, I have a <laughs> former teammate who play who played for like two years in their summer league. Those those fields have some really nice backdrops. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's definitely not worth it being like 50 degrees at the height of summer. But like, <laughs> I'll I like I they always I love. <laughs> I've never played at a good field with a good backdrop like that. Like oh, wherever wow. I've played, like I've never played at somewhere that's had like just beautiful mountains and like. I mean, I grew up in Texas. We barely had mountains. You have like <laughs> a glorified hill. <laughs> yeah. Um, luck. I mean, if we played at night and it was sunset and the and the fields faced west, it looked absolutely gorgeous. Uh, don't get me wrong, especially because there's nothing but flat land behind it anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no no mountains around here. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So, no, no baseball, um, and no, no, well, no in-person work for me. My yeah. university no job has been work for me until at least the end of the month. Yeah. Um, I, I am intrigued as to what the players do during this period of time. I mean, obviously, Trevor Bauer held like a fundraiser wiffle ball tournament with a bunch of baseball players. Yeah. Um. I would be really interested to see if the MLE players do something like what the NBA is doing, where like the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks played each other um, by getting local esports gamers for the 2K League 
and playing as their teams. I remember Luca was hyped because the Mavericks won and the dude scored like 59 points with them. Uh, but Pete Alonzo, that- I mean, Pete Alonzo was going to start mm-hmm. streaming the show. Um, dude, I, I would listen to if it like Pete Alonzo, um, Tim Anderson, Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger, like those four guys doing, and like Francisco Lindor, like those five guys. No, it wants hell. Juan Soto, those six everybody. guys, like literally everybody. I don't care. Just <laughs> there but, are very few baseball players in that league that I do not have respect for. Um, yeah, you listed one of them, but it's whatever. Oh, uh, well, I have a feeling. Yeah, is it, it Clevenger? It happens. It's Bauer. Yeah, I mean, like. I, I'm still iffy on how I feel about him. I like I appreciate what he does for the game, and I like how he's driven. Like, well, he his, I mean, his work ethic, his his passion for the sport is second to none. Yeah, what he what he brings to baseball, the game itself, is really really good for baseball. Yeah. What he does off of the field <laughs> is not really, really good for baseball. Yeah, he's been better though, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he got, he, I think he got a timeout and a little talking too. Yeah. Uh, after that, he's kind of chilled down a little bit. Uh, it's he, he still has his moments, but again, he's a major league baseball player. I saw a documentary on him. He's you know, not super tall. He's not fit. Um, he. He did a test where he doesn't produce as much testosterone as the average major league baseball player. So he plays with a chip on his shoulder for sure. Yeah. And that comes out in his play. He's a very, very good pitcher. Um, he, is he an elite pitcher? I would, I probably wouldn't say elite at this point in his career, but he's a very, very good pitcher. He has a very high uh, ceiling. Cy Young vote-getter caliber pitcher, all-star caliber pitcher. Um, he, you know, I have a lot of respect for his game. Because, I mean, that was me growing up. Granted, I didn't play baseball past my freshman year of high school. And, uh... <laughs> like, T-ball all-star? Or are we talking, like... Are we talking, like, I, pony? I was... I was... Uh, my dad, I think, described me as Keith Hernandez without the Yeah, I, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was a really, really good fielder. My brother threw a knuckleball. And so we would practice in the backyard... Uh, and so I would catch my brother a lot because nobody else knew how to catch a knuckleball. He didn't throw it often, but when he did throw it, the other people were, Ooh, what's going on here? Um, you know, I was tall. I was a tall kid, and I was like 5'9 when I was 13 or 14. Mm. So I played first base a lot. Uh, I didn't really grow much after that, too. I'm like just under six foot now. So. Yeah, that's how I was. I was like 98th percentile in height when I was like in third grade. And I, 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 rem- I specifically remember the doctor being like, He's going to be in, like, the 6'2 to 6'4 range and, like, a solid, like, 215 pounds. I was like, book it. Let's go. First round draft pick. Here I come. And now I'm sitting at five. (laughs) On a good day after going to the chiropractor, I'm, like, 5'11 and a half. Yeah, that's exactly how I am, too. Um, Mine was my feet. And so I wore, like, a size 12 when I was in sixth grade. I wear a size 15 now. And so my doctors are like, all right, he's got really long legs, he's got long feet, you know, he's got really, really long arms, and he's got hands that are really big for his for his age. Uh, he's he's going to be like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and then I just didn't grow anymore. Yeah, I, uh, I blame my father's genetics. I blame tuba. I blame a tuba sitting on my shoulder for, for six years. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that... <laughs> Hey, I, I didn't play band. I won't say anything. All right. All right. Uh, so since there's no baseball topics um, and MLB The Show has just dropped, so you're getting that. You said you're getting it Wednesday. I've been playing tomorrow, a little bit. Yeah, or, uh, it's tomorrow Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow's right. Wednesday. Um, so let's – I think we mentioned it last time. So, like, let's talk about let's – talk, let's talk about a fun topic that – Everybody in baseball loves to talk about. Oh yeah, and um, that is steroids. Well, it's not even just steroids. Like historically, like PED use in baseball, doping in baseball has been a part of the game since 
baseball. Uh, Pud Galvin, who was uh, a, a very, very well-known pitcher in the late 18, 1880s, 1890s, Hall of Famer, uh, talked about um, how he, uh, throughout his career, used a testosterone liquid derived from, from like, fucking dog testicles. And Wait, what? Yeah, this is a real thing. No way! Yeah. Who is it? A lot of people know, like, Babe Ruth tried to do it. He injected steep test- sheep testosterone into himself. Uh, I mean, uh, Mickey Mantle, during his home run race with Roger Maris, he, he was falling behind, and so he tried to, you know... Uh, get get an edge got an abscess from it and was just not the same player after that uh got a got an injection with like amphetamines and steroids and testosterone and stuff like that dang i uh, like i obviously well yeah i I just like looked it up i had never known this about babe ruth i mean it didn't i guess it just made him sick and forced him to miss playing time but like tried at at least yeah like that's Like, this is the thing. Even if, I, I want to say, even if your favorite baseball player didn't do steroids or didn't use performance-enhancing drugs, yeah, definitely thought about it. Uh, that's what I appreciate about, um, what was it, Bob Gibson? When he was mm-hmm. talking about, when, uh, I think it was on the Fastball documentary, when he was like, I'm glad you know, I wasn't around that stuff when I was playing because I didn't know what I would have done. Like, if you told me I could take something, then all of a sudden I, I could be, like, you know, way better than I was, and that's all it took, like... I mean, uh, I, I would say probably half to even three-quarters of Hall of Famers either took it or were around people that took it and directly benefited from it in their career. Oh, Mike Schmidt. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, who is widely considered either the best or second-best third baseman of all time, uh openly admitted to using amphetamines during his career um and then obviously later than the 70s and the 80s we have the 90s steroid era yeah i really and this is kind of controversial kind of you know a lot of people think this nowadays i really really think that helped baseball oh for sure i really really think that without steroid use baseball either wouldn't be as big as it is today or just wouldn't have bounced back from the strike I mean, yeah, I, like, going back, I mean, my my dad talks about it, and he's like, well, or anybody on, for what it's, for what their opinion is worth, anybody on MLB Network, um, it's John Smoltz, ugh. Um, <laughs> when, like, they're talking about it, it was like, you go back, I mean, people didn't have any sympathy for players back then, like, oh, you're, you're going on strike because, like, you're making, like, now we look back and we're like, yeah, that was actually, like, it was needed. Yeah. Um, you were basically owned by your teams at that point. Right. Like, a free agency wasn't as wide, I mean, Marvin Miller, uh, I, God, I hope that's his name. Yeah, um, yes, Marvin Miller. Yeah, York, yes. uh, I'm very, very glad he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He, he deserved it. He deserved it a really long time ago, and then he fought, and then the whole history of that is just incredible. But anyway, continue. Um, he he changed free agency. Uh, and with that came some good and some bad, obviously. Uh, the players' union, um, people people feel one way or another about it. I, um, I personally love what he did to the game of baseball. Um, I think without his uh, contributions... We wouldn't have as exciting of an off season as most as as we would like. Oh, not not at all. Because I, we we probably wouldn't have an off season. Um, well, players would be expected to yeah. be with their clubs twenty four seven three sixty five. Um, is kind of working. They probably wouldn't be able to have discussions with teammates or families about leaving. They wouldn't get money that they were owed after they leave injuries were were career and life enders at that point because if you got injured your team was not required to pay you severance pay or or do anything like that and then marvin miller came along and made baseball the way it is today um but with that with that increased uh 
with that increased revenue for players came, you know, increased needs for the league. And when they couldn't meet uh, in in the early '90s, that had to come to stop. Right. Uh, to the detriment of many, including I think the Montreal Expos, who probably would have won the World Series that year. Yes. Um, definitely. Pro- well, might yeah might still be in in Montreal at this point. Right. Um, but after that strike in the '90s. Baseball needed a way to bounce back, and I think that's why it was kind of an open secret that the best baseball players in the world at that time were openly using steroids. And I guess, see, and growing up, my dad loved Bud Selig, and then I had loved Bud Selig because of that, and I was like, oh, well, he's like, you know, the introduction of the wild card game. I was like, oh, this is amazing, and then, like, for what he did, and then kind of looking back, I was like... This was, pr- this, was pr- this was pretty bad. It was really bad. It was really bad, and he, and he just let it slide. Because, because not only did he let it fly, not until, did, not until he made it into the Hall of Fame and passed away did people start talking about what he directly gained from steroid use in, in the players at the MLB at that time. He profited uh, greatly by promoting the greatest names in the sport at that time, you know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco. Wait, is Bud Sealing... Wait, hold up, hold up. Is Bud Sealing dead? Yeah, pretty sure Bud Sealing's dead. Is he not dead? Why? I mean, he's old as hell, but is he dead? No. Wait, hold no, on. No, he's not dead. No, he's not. Uh, no, so he's not. After he retired. After he retired. Uh, okay, I was like, did I miss something? Or after he retired and was inducted in 2017. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. He didn't die. Um, he just died in my eyes because here's the here's the thing about here's the thing that I'm thinking. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are two of the greatest baseball players I ever saw play baseball. Period. Yeah. What they could have done in their careers without without the use of external help is debated. I think those two were Hall of Famers with or without steroids on their resume. For sure. But, I know a lot of people think that if you're, you know, that's it, you're done. I, first off, there are already steroid users or alleged steroid users in the Hall of Fame from that era. Right. Um, I mean, you have you, know, you have Jeff Bagwell, who's widely implicated by a lot of people at one point in time. Pod Rodriguez uh, was implicated. Um, you have you have these players that that changed the game of baseball, saved the game of baseball, and they're being punished. And the one that turned a blind eye and said, you know, I'm I'm making money. I'm going to keep milking this cow as long as I can, got in with 93.7% of the of the committee's vote. 15 yeah. of 16 people voted Bud Seal again. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, uh, who – I can't remember who was on – like, who – was on that commission though like to vote him in was it um, is it well, the um is it the same commotion i can't because it's not the hall of fame it's not the whole regular hall of fame no it's the, it's, to, the, it's the today committee hall of fame okay um and so um is it the same I, people that like elect like jack morris into the hall of fame or is yeah it, yeah okay okay um, that's a little. I, I don't think they're they're part of the modern committee. I believe is what elected Jack Morrison to the Hall of Fame. Um, but it's a it's not you know the Baseball Writers Association of America. Right. They don't get to vote on that because if they got to vote on that, he would not be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't but, see. Here's the thing. I mean, there's been some questionable. I mean, I guess that's the Modern Era Committee that let Harold Baines in, right? Yeah, that wasn't the baseball writers. All right, no, fair enough. No, no. Yeah, no, all right. You're probably right. I don't think he would have gotten in. Um, it's just, it's it's crazy to me how, you, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rag on Bud Selig today. I'm not, I'm not looking back. He is just, I think what he did and how he followed it up was, was terrible. Yeah, I think uh, his his contributions to the game, whilst respectable, um, probably could have been done by a monkey wearing a hat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, his while he was 
commissioner, his donations made by the uh, the political action committee for Major League Baseball were terrible. They still are. Yeah. Uh, even now, it's just Major League Baseball's problem now. Um, yeah. But I I really really think that Bud Selig was was just honestly not a good commissioner. No. Uh, was uh, it was it him or Manfred that allowed like the America's Pastime Act to underpay minor leaguers or to not pay minor leaguers? Um, um, well, minimum minor wage. leaguers have been underpaid for. Oh yeah, for sure. That's been um, a while, but I, there was there's like lobbyists and then mm-hmm. in, yeah, so MLB, they, MLB had um, lobbyists in Congress. I, I know, uh, I know, but see, like you know, kind of kind of just wanted to make as much money as possible for the league, start introducing that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if he formed the political action committee. I would assume he did because he would have been commissioner around the time those were those were big things in baseball. It might have been his predecessor. Well, um, he... Uh, okay, Manfred, so he... Manfred continued it because I know even last election cycle, they were in hot water because they donated to a candidate that was openly racist, but she supported uh, underpaying minor leaguers. She yeah. supported the, the the contributions that Major League Baseball wanted. So it didn't matter that uh, you know she said terrible, terrible, terrible things about African American people and so many other minorities. She didn't want to pay minor leaguers. So <laughs> that's all that matters to the MLB yeah. ownership. It was a. Okay, so America's past. I mean, it was introduced in 2016, and then Manfred took over January 25th, yeah. 2015. So, I, so I it figured, was probably being drafted while Selig was still in. Yeah, I figured that was the case. Uh, I knew Manfred took over because it's still going on. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other separate mess. I mean, thinking about thinking about COVID 19, thinking about all the minor leaguers too, because they're not. Uh, I've, yeah. They're not. not they're already that. criminally underpaid, and now they're not being paid. There aren't. They already weren't paid. Being, like during spring training, but now they're not getting checks for the minor league season for months. And, and I've will seen, I've seen posts about minor league baseball players making more money uh, than they have, you know, in a day than they have in like weeks. Oh and, yeah, uh, I'm that that one minor leaguer who said he worked two hours at DoorDash and yeah, made, made his made meal money. Yeah, he made his meal money in two hours that he would normally. That's. <sighs> We, we should say that for another day because that's just a whole that's like a whole yeah. this is, socio-political this is tirade but they, this, is, this is this is steroids <laughs> steroids gives Bud Selig the power to do anything he wants because he brings baseball back to life and he uses that power to criminally underpay minor leaguers yeah that's that's a fair that's a fair junction um what what steroids did for me um <laughs> As a uh, very very ill, allergy ridden child, gave me somebody to look up to. I loved going across the street to my intermediate school, which is a fifth and sixth grade center. For those of you who didn't have intermediate schools, that are I mean, I was I was homeschooled, so I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a school you need to is know. a place where you get to meet other uh, friends. Oh, sh- you know, <laughs> <laughs> shut it. Um, I used to love going across the street with my brother and my and my next door neighbor and maybe some other friends and playing wiffle ball and pretending to be those players. I learned how to bat left-handed so I could pretend to be Barry Bonds. Oh yeah. And David Ortiz and and Ted Williams. Um, what what the steroid era did for me as I'm I'm a fairly young uh, millennial. Uh, I'm like right on the edge of where millennial is cut off. Yeah, that's kind of my introduction to baseball was the 2000, 2001, 2002, like maybe up to 2004, 2005 was kind of my. I've been around baseball my entire life, and my introduction to baseball was Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs in 2001. Yeah, like how are you not supposed to see that as a kid and think? Yeah, and it goes into and it's when you're a kid, like it's almost like no, no professional athlete can do any wrong, and it's it's terrible because you look back and you're like, oh man, this is who I looked up to, like in my childhood. Like I have, actually, I think I gave it away, but 
I had a book on like the basics of like pitching or whatever and like Roger Clemens was like the prime example used in everything and it's like so now is it like looking back and it's like dang like this is a picture that I looked up to a lot or like even guys in the 60s or in the 70s like these workhorses that now I don't know like all these like all these moments where I was like, oh, I want to be this guy or I want to pitch like this guy. Now they're, they're, they're tarnished or they're possibly tainted because I have no idea what these guys were on because some guys say they're on something and some guys say like, oh, well he was doing something. And so like, there's all, and the problem was there was no testing. So you can't really know for sure. But at the same time, you can definitely tell that it was. The the eye test is a big thing in baseball. I mean, there are eye tests for everything. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I really don't, like, until later times when baseball kind of made a stand and said, all right, here's the deal. We're not doing this anymore. We're not going to, we're not going to benefit directly from, from steroid users in baseball. We want to, we want to cut down. We want the game to be played naturally. You know, that's, uh, I don't know if that's happened 100% in baseball, but there was, I think there was a shift uh, in in baseball sticking from like, ooh, we're just going to let the baseball players do whatever they want because we're making money, and okay, we kind of need to put a, a stop on some of this. Um, I don't really know when that shift was, but I have, for instance, I think a lot of people respect Barry Bonds more than they respect Brian Braun. Right. Ryan Braun, I think, was a, was found to have used performance-enhancing drugs after it became socially acceptable for Major League Baseball players to to have used those kinds of drugs. In in my mind, I think Ryan Braun kind of falls under the same boat. Under, I mean, he was you understand you're a Brewers fan. Yeah. Brewers were garbage in the early 2010s. Brewers were. <laughs> well, not that they're because 2010 because 11 when he's when he won the MVP and they got to the NLCS, uh, but yeah, early 2000s. I mean, yeah. they weren't good until 2007, and then they just missed. I remember uh, 2007. I remember I went to a game. It was one of the last games of the year. My dad was like, they were, I believe they were playing the Padres or the Padres. No, <sighs> I forgot who they were playing, but something like that. He was like, okay, like the Brewers have to sweep. And then somebody else has to lose. And my memory is so bad, so this story is really losing its meaning very rapidly. But I remember, like, for the first time in my life, I was like, Brewers? Playoffs? What? And then same thing happened in 08. My dad was like, all right, Brewers have to win. Like, I actually, I met one of my, like, really good friends the day that the Brewers clinched because the Mets lost. And then, like, all the Brewers had to do was just or well did the Mets lose first I can't man I can't remember wow my memory's terrible anyway that day was like I remember meeting my really good friend and then my parents went like out to a movie with his parents and then like my dad like they got back to his house and he was like oh you got to turn on the tv and I was like why he's like because if the Brewers win like they're going to the playoffs and I was like oh damn Obviously, I didn't say that because I was a good Christian noodle back then. But um, I was like, holy cow, that's amazing. And then I saw, like, I saw it happen on live TV. And, like, that was that was my first experience with, with playoff baseball. And then I saw, was it game three? Yeah, it was game three in Milwaukee. It was the only game that they won. Dave Bush. <laughs> Brewer legend Dave Bush. Um pitched a great game and the Brewers won like so it was my first playoff game like but yeah I mean up until Braun came around it it was it was not good like yeah. Bill Hall was like a legend I mean, and Bill Hall period from like post Robin Yount to you know this... pre, just barely pre Ryan Braun that like Prince strong. Fielder that was yeah. it was Prince yeah, Fielder Prince and Fielder. then like shortly after right. Ryan Braun it was the Bash Brothers Texas Rangers legend Prince Fielder dude I feel oh man that's just, that's a really sad subject too I mean obviously he had some really bad health issues 
uh, couldn't get his weight under control. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of his dad, yeah. who was kind of the same way. Just really, really, really talented, pure, raw, natural baseball player. Yeah. And that just had health issues. Uh, yeah. I remember at, I had a similar experience with Prince Fielder. I grew up in Texas. I grew up 30 minutes away from Arlington, Texas. And yeah. so neither of my parents are Texas Rangers fans. But, I mean, my dad was Air Force for 36 years. We used to get opening day tickets every year and go see the, the Rangers. And so I became, you know, a, uh, obviously the Red Sox were my favorite team at the time. Uh, Nomar Garcia Parra in Backyard Baseball 2001 was, was the cause of that. Complete uh, legend, yeah. Um, but my dad's an Orioles fan. My dad's a huge Orioles fan. He was born the year that the Orioles were brought to Baltimore. Um, he's just His life's just kind of intertwined with the Orioles. But we used to go see, um, shout out to any, I know I have some friends in Texas listening and, and old teachers and stuff like that, Herbert Perry and... Uh, Frank Catalanato. These are names that you will not recognize. I I actually recognize Frank Catalanato. I don't know <laughs> who the hell he is, but I do recognize the name. But like you know, uh, Rusty Greer, who was probably a little bit before my time, but was a really yeah. really big baseball player in Texas. Uh, David DeLucci. Ooh, um, that's a name. David Segui played for the the Orioles and. Uh, and I think he played here with the with the Rangers. Juan Gonzalez. Yep. Um, all those players, you know. And now that you think about it, you think like how many of those players use steroids? Juan Gonzalez used steroids. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's just where baseball is, or, or was at that point in time. Uh. All those players that I grew up and loved were directly impacted or had a direct um, direct impact on the MLB because of because of doping in the MLB. Right. And you know where does that in in the morality line of things where does that fall? Is that a you know this this is an instant ban or, or is this a they they had no wrongdoing whatsoever because the league permitted it. Right. Um, and you know, obviously, it's somewhere in the middle of those things. But who, what baseball players do we know, like that are positive, didn't do those things? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even now, like there's ways yeah. the guys can skirt the tests. I mean, like you said, a lot of it is. I I really don't like saying it, but you look back in those guys in the early '90s. They were just. It wasn't like it wasn't like you see Puig shredded. Like, it wasn't like, they were just, like, unnaturally large. Like, they just looked, like, may, maybe the, like, maybe, like, the, like, the baggy uniforms, like, made it worse or something. But, like, I, like, looking at videos of Jeff Bagwell, it's just, like, I mean, he's, he's still, I mean, he's, oh, yeah. Was my, I mean, before Barry Bonds, obviously, Lance Berkman was the one that I looked at, and I was, like, I have no respect for Lance Berkman now, but like, you know. Yeah, Lance. I remember. I remember having him the first year I played fantasy baseball. He was great. <laughs> After that, he was constantly like he was streaking. He was constantly hurt. But that first year, man. My first year of fantasy baseball, um, I was in college, and I got kicked out of the league because uh, I was making uh, trades that ended up being too good. I was, you know, reading prospect reports and stuff like that, seeing, seeing who was on the up and down. Uh, and it was in a Facebook group with like 180,000 people in the group. And in second place was the owner of the Facebook group. And so he found, you know, like a reason to kick me out and (laughs) somebody else took over my team and they ended up getting second. (laughs) My, there was, so I was in, um, like my first league, I won my first year in 2008. Didn't really have any help. I was in a league with, they were all 40 plus. Um, and I made a trade and it was Jose Contreras and Tim Hudson for CC Sabathia. <laughs> and then I got Johan Santana, I think in that same trade or like a different trade. I think it was in that same, something like that. I don't, and then 
obviously in 2008, both those guys were pitching off short rest. Like, CeCe Sabathia was, like, a god for the Brewers. And, like, basically he gave me my chance. Like, those two guys gave me my championship. I think in the championship game they scored, like, a grand total of 90 of my points. Like, that championship week. And I that guy never traded. Until my dad left that league, he did not trade that point on. He's like, I'm not, I got burned by some freaking 10 year old. <laughs> and I'm never trade. he never traded again. Oh, man. What a th- I haven't won since, and my team is now the mostly, in- my, the mostly in- injured underperformers because, oh, man. I've, I've had, had some rust. I've had. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad I had a fantasy baseball thing lined up and it fell through. I'm glad that it fell through because I would, I would have been real antsy. Uh, I am doing uh, an MLB stats thing where it's just you choose four players and whoever has. Oh, the uh, Warley, is it that? Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I got real lucky. Christian Yelich fell to six. Huh. And and I picked him up at, at pick six. Um, not bad not bad uh considering he was projected like two or three or even one in some wings i was very very happy i don't know why he would be projected one mike trout still exists yeah mike trout is always number one i don't i don't even remember who my other three picks were but i just remember getting christian yelich at six and being really excited yeah that's a steal i got garrett cole at seventh in the first round this year like my my starting staff is uh, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, Hugh Darvish, Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger, and who else? There's one other guy. No, I can't think of who it is. But on my bench, I have AJ Puck. In the minors, I have Mackenzie Gore. And then I have I have Zach Plesac, which is iffy. And then I have one. I have. There's two guys I'm not thinking of that I have. I have no idea how I got. I tried trading for Jesus Lazardo, but did not work out. So my players are, yeah, Christian Yelich, uh, Mikey Strumsky, Tommy. I think Tommy Pham was my second pick. Mikey Strumsky was my third, and then I picked up Mike Miner in the fourth round, just because he plays for the Rangers, and the Rangers tend to have um, ballparks. I don't know how the new ballpark is going to be, but they're it's just supposed to be neutral. It's usually really, really good there because their ballpark is just absolutely terrible for pitchers. Yeah. It's um, their new one's supposed to be neutral and it has a lot of weird gaps and stuff, like mm-hmm. like all the like one corner's like is it four twenty seven or it's it's a really weird looking stadium, which is a um, beautiful part of baseball, but also like yeah. a really annoying part of baseball where it's like uh, and their well their last stadium, Globe Life Park, they're building a new stadium this year. Um, we'll see how that goes with the with with coronavirus and stuff like that, but their old park had the jet stream and right stream, yeah, stream over in the right field, left fielders. I, I saw right over there in right field, um, in the second deck is the all you can eat area, and golly, um, I don't know how much that is, but it was like thirty dollars per person or something like that that's, when, that's when not, my parents. That's and not I too went. bad, and. I, I must have eaten like 10 chicken sandwiches and so many pretzels, uh, all the soda you can drink. I, but while we were there, I remember, I think it was Prince Fielder. I remember seeing Prince Fielder hit a ball like 480 feet into the right field bleachers because he just hit it and it just kept going. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's how it goes. Baseball parks are like that. There are definite hitters parks i mean texas was the one that you thought of and colorado obviously yeah um and then you know pitchers parks like los angeles the dodgers the dodgers State it's at it, it, in detroit yeah no detroit is just well actually it's a bad ballpark i'm sorry i'm here now don't hate me when i go see oh comerica like, yeah comerica i was, was it, maybe it's just like the tigers themselves like yeah. all right so like Here's my thing. So I associate. <laughs> this is gonna sound really stupid, but like I look at a uniform and like that's the vibe that like, gets put out for me for like a team or like a stadium. So like Comerica, like the stadium itself, like I enjoy it's it, but like stadium. I just, I just, 
I just don't. I can't stand watching the Tigers. It's something about it's like really it just yeah. makes me like watching them and like whenever I see a game from them, it's like usually gloomy, and like their uniforms are. I hate them so much. I think white white and navy, navy blue with the orange or the gray with the navy. Blue see, I would I would if their main primary colors were the navy and the orange instead of the white and the navy, I'd be totally fine with that. But like mm-hmm. white and navy are. Like, I never liked Brewers colors that much, which is always up until this year. This year, the uniforms are great. Yeah, but the like, uniforms are really good for the Brewers this year. But, like, I love their throwbacks because white and navy, I think, is the worst color combination for a jersey ever because it's, it's so really bland. Like, it's so nothing. Like, I Texas hate the Yankees. Rangers, the Texas Rangers uniforms are amazing. Oh, yeah, that especially this year. white and blue. Yeah. They're, first off, I love bright colors as the primary uniform if the texas rangers used their red uniforms as their primary i would be a much more bigger a much bigger fan of the rangers oh yeah Just they're like baby blues though the those are used, if the orioles used orange uniforms yeah that would be amazing i don't know what kind of pants they would wear with an orange uniform i'd hate i just white with white what, pants i mean i guess just white with an orange stripe or something yeah, i would I would love to go like a throwback from the 1950s and just have a full orange uniform, oh, God. like ah. the Royals did in the 70s with those powder blue. See that works with that works with baby blue. That doesn't that I don't think that works with the orange man. That is like I don't know how many people hunt in Maryland, but like that to me just sounds like a bad idea. Now orange unis with like OSU colors. Yeah, I, I think like something like that. Where, right? yeah, like yeah, like that looks fresh. But I, man, like it's why I, I don't. I feel like it's a lot of the reasons why I don't like watching like the Yankees. It's not like yes, I have yeah, that like inbred hate. So boring. They're boring and they just don't. And they're ugly white and, and navy here's, pinstripes. Here's the other thing. Terrible. I think the uniforms are getting worse because of that stupid Nike swoosh. That all I don't care about that. I I'm just because I don't it's, get it's I don't terrib- give shit like, about it. I think it's terrible because it's right in the front of the uniform. Uniforms that have been the same and that are good for the last thirty or forty years are being like the Red Sox uniform has like a white Nike swoosh on it now, and it just doesn't look right. I with uniforms i don't like it makes it worse but like mm-hmm. with an l like a dodger uniform i actually yeah, like I it because it's sleek it's like it's it's sleek it's like oh it's a nike swoosh it's like la has that branding but when i look at ooh, i don't know like again a yankees jersey or a red yankees sox jersey or a detroit tigers jersey i'm like wow <laughs> that swoosh looks terrible because these jerseys usually look terrible and now there's just a swoosh like, I, did, I hate I did it. get on. Um, so I just moved to the Detroit area. I'm like 45 minutes away from the Tigers stadium. Um, the Tigers were having a fire sale on the MLB shop. Basically, I ordered something and it got lost in the mail. And so they refunded me my money. And then they sent me like a $30, you know, sorry, we messed up coupon. Yeah. And so I go back on MLB the shop to order something. I see that the thing I ordered was down from like sixty nine ninety nine to thirty nine ninety nine, uh, because it didn't have a Nike swoosh on it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's an extra large, you know, regular old Detroit Tigers dry fit uniform, not like a an actual jersey. But yeah. It's like a, a short sleeve dry fit shirt that buttons up. Yeah. So I. I put it in my cart for thirty nine ninety nine, and I put that code in, and so I got a new Detroit Tigers jersey for 10 bucks just because it didn't have the Nike swoosh on it. Went over to Salvation Army, and I got a Detroit Tigers hoodie and a Detroit Tigers hat for 2 bucks too. Yeah, those... <laughs> I uh, I found... I actually found a Zach Grinke black and... Like, when the Brewers had those, like, black T-shirts mm-hmm. a few years ago, I found... Well, it was more than a few years ago. I mean, shit, Zach Grinke. But I found a Zach Grinke, like, br- like black and blue brewer's jersey and it was like three bucks and i never have bought something so quickly in my life i am in a vast minority of people here when i say i really like black jerseys i do too i think i now i'm not done all right all right all black jerseys black jerseys black pants oh i don't yeah i i think they look great but see 
Now, the only problem was when MLB did that last year for the Players Weekend, they blacked out the letters. Oh, that was terrible. That was really dumb. That was really, really bad. I can't. If the first thing you saw with all black or all white jerseys were those players' uniform jerseys... I think if they just had... Like, if they did all black and all white, but then they just had the team colors, that'd be sleek. Like, I mean, okay, like, fashion-wise, I actually like black on black just because, like, it makes it easier, and I like the color black. But, like, on a uniform... Like, when I look out onto the field and I can't tell, like, I, I know who the players are because, like, I watch the game enough. I the, paid... Cubs, the Cubs were the ones that I looked at because they were on TV for Players Weekend. I saw those uniforms, and the first thing I saw was, like, if this is your first introduction to baseball, you are not going to be a Cubs fan <laughs> because those are terrible. Oh, yeah. It was. And then, like, the all-whites, again, like, have the normal hat or like which they did for the pitcher which was kind of nice but like at least have like the team primary color like as an outline or like like, something even like the primary colors it's like the lettering right jersey or the 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 name and number on the back right like have that because that maybe just like man it depends on what team they are right because otherwise then it just just becomes the if the cubs had an all-black jersey and they had those the blue cubs lettering that would look cool yeah that would look sick but like the yankees you couldn't have a black jersey and then the the off black dark blue lettering yeah no that would no that would have to be yeah that would have to be like white you would have to you would have to have somebody like designing that shit and saying, all right, for Players Weekend, this team is only wearing black, and this team is only wearing white, and then we have to schedule them against teams that are only wearing the other right. jersey. Now, so, what really would have been cool, if they just whited out all the letters on each jersey, and then, like, let, like, like uh, kids at Children's Hospital, like, color on them, like, like make, de- make like designs that. on them, like, that would have been sick. Like, I would have loved the hell out of that, like but just, like... Chili's pepper. <laughs> I don't know if you remember those. Uh, vaguely, like I I do remember them, but vague, very vague, distant, far off memory. <laughs> those are the, I, that's what I'm here for is nostalgic memories, like uh, like the Chili's Pepper. Um, I'm not sure if Ponchos was a thing where you were raising raising the flag at Ponchos for anybody. Who yeah, no, that. I not quite, not quite for me. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm not, yeah, no, Ponchos wasn't around me, for sure, but... CC's, obviously, all C- you need for oh, I went there once in my life, and I spent, <laughs> it was for, was it for, like, a friend's birthday or something? I don't know what it was, but it was, I spent all my money on that stupid arcade. <laughs> I, li- I went through $40 in quarters <laughs> in their arcade, and that was all the money I had. And afterwards, I, like, my, oh, man, my soul was just gone. I was like, what did I really just do? I spent $40 on the stupid basketball, like, oh, shoot the basketball into the net and see how many points you can score. Like, we didn't get prizes. Like, what's the point? Oh, that was the, mm, that was a terrible three hours of my life. Um, um, we had, so our, our uh, baseball teams would go to CC's after our games. Uh, and our band after Friday night, they would stay open late after football games, and our band would go over to CC's. Um, I, it's a nostalgia thing. I love CC's, and I don't. There aren't a lot of other places that make like a really, really good Alfredo pizza, which is my favorite pizza. Uh, and CC's has a really good spinach Alfredo pizza um, that just works really well with their crust. And so, like, I can't go to Little Caesars and be like, hey, can you make me a, an Alfredo pizza, please? Or Domino's, the only way I can handle their Alfredo pizza if it's on their uh, their pan crust oh, gosh. soaked in butter. Ah, I hate that so much. I hated making those. Ugh. All right. Whoa, we went on a huge tangent. All right, back to... So, we're at... <laughs> We're at minute fifty. Yeah, we're we're at minute fifty. So let's can let's conclude. So with all right, I'm trying to think of like what question to ask. So like, what is okay? I guess what is your definitive answer on like the allowance of steroids 
into the Hall of Fame? Is it circumstantial by player? Is it across the board? Yes. And like, how does that factor into current players getting busted? I don't think steroids should have an impact on players, especially during the steroid era when no testing was done. I don't think it should have an impact on their Hall of Fame case. That means like players like, I guess the best example is Rafael Palmeiro. Rafael Palmeiro has 3,000 hits. He has 500 home runs. He's a very, 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 very good baseball player. You can argue his Hall of Fame statistics all you want. I think Rafael Palmeiro is a Hall of Famer. But once he went in front of judge, jury, and executioner um, and admitted to using steroids, he I don't even think he got 5% of the vote and just fell off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he um, just fell off. Guys like Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, Sammy Sosa. I really think Sammy Sosa should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Juan Gonzalez is a borderline case. Jason Giambi is another borderline case. Yeah. Um, Pudge Rodriguez was in that group of people, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Right. And so with, with the amount of PED users already in the Hall of Fame from literally 1885 on... <laughs> I don't think there's any reason to punish players for something that not only wasn't against baseball rules while they were doing it, they directly enhanced the level of playing baseball and made baseball way more money than they ever needed to make at that point in time to save the game. Yeah. I think for me, I, now I brought this up to my, to my dad, I don't remember if it was in the first podcast or not, but um, talking about now his problem with, with it was that taking steroids was it wasn't against MLB rules, but it was, it was illegal. illegal. Yeah. So that's his that's his that so that's his argument. But I mean, for me personally, I like I see that I'm like like looking back, I don't think anybody from that era should be now like currently like currently speaking. Um, I definitely think it, I think it should have it definitely should have an impact. Like like for instance, I, we didn't even talk about like the controversial PED use stuff like Chris Davis who didn't really use PEDs but had a medication for ADHD that they like oh you're not allowed to take that anymore. Right. Although I've heard that's kind of <laughs> that's a little more prevalent in major league baseball than people <laughs> people know. Yeah. Um, because you can just go to a doctor and they can you know, whatever it is what it is. Uh, it's really nice for people like me who need that medication, but it's also, it's the thing. I don't, if you say steroids were illegal, so ban the players that were using them, amphetamines have been illegal since like the twenties. Yeah. But do you kick Hank Aaron out of the hall of fame? Do you kick Mike Schmidt out of the hall of fame? Do you kick George Brett out of the hall of fame? Do you kick all these great players from, the 60s and 70s and 80s out of the Hall of Fame because 80% of the league was using amphetamines. Right. Um, and, you know, that brings up the whole issue of, you know, should these drugs be illegal in the first place if, if people are using them in their own bodies for whatever. That's a whole other discussion that we don't need to talk about. Today. I'm in favor of, it, like... Like the XNFL or whatever it's called, the XMLB where... <laughs> the XFL. Yeah, the XFL. So that xlb where it's just steroids it's all steroid like steroid use is required all you do is throw fastballs down the middle the entire time steroid use is required pine tar use is required um doctoring the ball is encouraged like just making it like the most extreme version of baseball possible like make Lucky it like in hockey make it like in hockey <laughs> where like if you have a beef with someone you just like the mound is your arena or like a like the whole infield grass, and then you get like a minute before so, umpires. I am. Garrett wins seven MVPs. <laughs> oh man, you know that's a that's actually a topic. Speaking yeah, of Amir Garrett, he uh. You're fighting beef and baseball, baseball beefs. There's baseball beefs are so weak in comparison with other sports. They I were, feel. Well, yeah, you're not allowed to do anything about it because all you do is either push somebody or try to kill them with a. 105 mile an hour fastball to the head yeah that's sort of extreme <laughs> or bryce harper and just whip a helmet and then have it just fly off your hand 
in the complete opposite direction of you're trying to throw it. Um, I think he threw it with his left hand, didn't he? Was I don't think he... I thought it was his... I'm trying to remember. I... It was his... No, it was his right hand. I think when he was, like, mid-throw, it, like, slipped from his fingers and just, like, went careening off at, like, a 90-degree, like, went, perpendicular... Went to, another, went to another dimension, just didn't... Yeah, like, I don't... Helmet the next day. Like, his helmet throw and 50 cents first pitch throw are <laughs> eerily similar. <laughs> and I think it's a connection that few people are willing to draw, but I'm going to. Um, That's another topic. I would... It's been my dream to throw out a first pitch in an MLB game, but all I can think about if I ever do that will be, can I throw it better than 50 Cent? Can I throw it better than Carly Ray Jepsen? I mean, as you you played baseball, so I'd hope so. <laughs> like, you know Keith what? Hernandez could make that throw, you know, occasionally. So, I mean, yeah. I... <laughs> John Lester couldn't. Man, I really, man, I feel for John Lester, though. Throwing, I never pick off because it just messes with me. Like, I, like it's so, oh, man. Okay. I, had, I had a natural pickoff move that I used. I was first baseman, and so I had a natural pickoff move that everybody I played Little League with. I can't, t- I must have gotten four or five people with it by keeping the ball because everybody just thought I was throwing the ball back and ball trick. But, yeah, I never, I never used that successfully. I did have a pickoff move that worked for a while, and then I think got it got outlawed, or it didn't. It wasn't banned, but umpires came down pretty hard on it for some reason, which was really stupid. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, so steroid use in baseball. I mean, it's still going on. Oh, for sure. Like, especially in like minor, like NCAA has a huge problem with it, especially in like the JUCO level because there's not enough funding for testing at JUCO. Um, Juco forever. It's yeah. Um, Love me some Juco ball. Me too, man. One of my one of my good friends from college, uh, Luis Trevino. Shout out to him. Uh, played two years at Juco in Navarro. Went over to the university I was at in Abilene, and now he he's a he was a fortieth round draft pick of Tampa Bay Rays last year. There you go. Second team All American catcher behind uh, Adley Rushman, and. Uh, now playing, he was he was uh, at spring training with the Rays before it was all shut down. Dang, no, so he's getting affected that by us pretty hard. Uh, yeah, so that that's an eh. all right. So doping, good bad, uh, somewhere in the middle. Somewhere now bad, <laughs> but before not as bad. Not as bad. Yeah, yeah that's it's the everybody was doing it rule. Right. It wasn't as bad because literally 80% of the league was doing it. And I think it, it ties in, I think steroids tie in very well with the the what the Astros were doing too. So, I mean, oh, if you, yeah, if you that's think... That's going to be a whole other topic. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> but if you I think about it, though, like... did was a lot worse for baseball than the steroid era. Oh, I, I, I would agree. and But there is a comparison for me, at least, because... When you look at, because, well, what many delusional Houston fans are trying to say is like, oh, well, cheating's always been around. Like, why is it bad now? Or, oh, they just took it the way it was naturally going to go. Um, And then I draw that comparison with steroids because it's the same argument. Well, if everyone's doing it, but it's to a much different extreme. And I think that's where the problem sets in is because even though steroids isn't viewed in that same way it's like oh there's well i guess astros might have been using buzzers or something like i don't know again it's way worse but my comparison is more that like right now currently it's steroids is like it's cracked down upon like like mlb is taking that initiative to like make it not happen and then it was the same thing with the science thing although i guess now that comes into question because they knew about it and didn't do anything about it until Mike Fire stepped in. So I guess maybe it's not as strong a comparison as I thought it was. Um, I mean, technically the MLB knew about steroids and didn't do anything about it either. I, uh, boom. There you go. It's it's a strong link. I'm, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm digging my we'll, heels we'll in. We'll wrap up there. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody who listened to the Curious Baseball Podcast. Uh just a little shout out to Billy Ferguson down in Texas who messaged me and said he loved listening to me talk about baseball. So 
I love getting your messages, Billy. Uh, Billy, you should send uh, me one. Those Texas Rangers baseball players I entered there were were specifically for you. Dope. Well, uh, all right. Well, um, yeah, that wraps up episode three. Um, Next time, I mean. We'll have something. Well, we'll have something. Again, I don't know how structured it will be because there's not, I mean, regarding the baseball world, there's not. There's nothing going. There's nothing going. So I guess we'll we'll find a different to- like we'll find a different topic to expand upon. Maybe we'll go minor league pay, talk about history of baseball ownership, something like that. We'll figure it out. Um anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed and we will see you uh I guess talk to you again next time.